All right. I know a whole bunch of you guys, but I'm sure there's people I don't. So I'm Bree. I usually get to hang out with the seniors, um, but tonight I get to hang out with you guys, which is the best thing ever. Um, and we get to talk about Facebook, um, which is something pretty new to my heart. Apparently, we're called the net generation. Um, so like Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Viber, Instagram, Twitter, AskFM. What else do we use that's on the net? Skype. Skype, always. Oh, Kick. Tumblr, MySpace, old school, MySpace. Everyone uses MySpace. Good stuff, guys. <laughs> That's... Thanks. That's our world, right? All of those things are the places we like live and breathe. Um, and so tonight, we're asking the question, does God care? Like, does God care what your profile picture is? Does God care about the stuff that you like on Facebook? Does he care how much time you spend on there? Like, if you don't have Facebook, tonight as we say that, think like the internet or your mobile phone. Um, it all kind of is the same thing. It all applies in the same way. Um, so this is week two in our series on Jesus and beer, Facebook and sex. Um, and I reckon there's one big thing that ties all of these talks together. I reckon if you went and asked someone, They'd be like, nah, man, like the Bible hates stuff like that. The Bible hates beer, the Bible hates Facebook, the Bible hates sex. But I reckon the thing that we're going to see over these few weeks is that the Bible isn't down on these things. The Bible actually says that each of these things is a really good gift from God. And what matters is how we use it. And so the great thing about this series is that we get to see how really great and glorious truths about God affect all those really little details of our lives. And it's important that God does affect those ordinary details because almost all of our lives are made up of ordinary moments. Nothing spectacular happens most days, right? And so that means that if Jesus isn't king of your ordinary moments, he's actually not your king at all because he won't be your king most days. Um, so I'm going to pray and then we're going to get stuck into the Bible. Our Lord God, we know that you are a great and glorious God. Uh, God, we know that you can see the whole world and you have big plans that extend over all of history. Uh, but God, we also know that you're a God who cares about those ordinary moments. Um, God, we want to pray that as we think about Facebook and how you affect Facebook, um, that you would actually change the way that we think, that you would change the way that we feel, and that you would change what we do. God, help us to be people who show you to be king in all of our lives. Amen. All right. So, have you ever checked out somebody else's profile picture and wondered why they chose it? I have all the time. I reckon your profile picture says something about you. It's like the ultimate form of self-expression. It's me choosing exactly how I want all my friends to see me. And so, I had a bit of a stalk with my friends this week and of some of your leaders. And I reckon there's three types of profile pictures. Um, so, I'm going to show you some of them. The first one is the couple photo. <laughs> so the couple photo is usually, listen up guys, the couple photo is usually a picture of the person and their best friend or their girlfriend or their boyfriend um, and it's kind of like they're shouting, someone loves me, I'm known and I'm loved. So that's the first type. The second type is the groupie. Um, so in this photo, <laughs> Brit Hayes, chronic offender, there are so many. <laughs> this is, in this photo... It's one person in the middle of all these other people, and it's like, I think that head's yours. I'm not really sure. 
Um, and it's like they're putting their hand up being like, I've got friends. This is where I belong. And then the last one is the shameless selfie. Um, so this is like, <laughs> this is like, it's just me and I look awesome. <laughs> Whatever your definition of awesome is, it's like they're showing off their best side and they're hoping that you'll tell them how hot they are. Um, so there's three types of profile pictures. But as I saw each of those pictures, I reckon I saw myself a little bit in all of them. Because I do want to be known. I do want to be accepted. And I do want to be attractive. Is that why you use Facebook? Because I don't think it's just me. In fact, I'm pretty confident that it's not just me because God actually made us like this. We're all chasing the same things, hey. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be known. We all want to be attractive. But sometimes, Facebook is really disappointing. Sometimes no one will like that picture, and sometimes no one will send you an inbox, and you'll send more Snapchats than you get, and nobody will want to ask you a question. It's disappointing. And the problem that we face is that we're actually trying to fill that void with the wrong things, when everything we're looking for is found in God. God actually meets all of those needs in a way that nobody else in the world can. And when we know that, it actually radically changes the way we use everything else in the world, including Facebook. Um, so if you're a Christian tonight, God knows you, God accepts you, and God sees you as perfect. Um, so let's dig into the first one. God knows you. So I reckon the opposite of this one is just being totally anonymous. So have you ever thought about how hard it would be to move to a foreign country and start life again? I live with all these international people and it just sounds horrible. You get into this new city and it's like, I don't know anyone here. Like, I just have no idea where anything is. But the worst thing is you're facing the crowd and no one really cares about you. It sounds horrible because we don't want to be anonymous. We want someone to know us. We want someone to care about us. We want someone who will text us when we're sick and who will pick up our calls when the best thing ever happens and someone who will sit in silence with us without it being really awkward. That's why we use those cute couple pictures. But God actually knows that about us and he meets our need. Uh, so turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 139, verses 1 to 4. It's on the screens as well. I'll read it out for you. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. This verse is saying that God is actually the one who knows us. He says it three times in those verses. Um, it says, you know me, you know when I sit and when I rise, and before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Like God is the one who knows us intimately. He knows all the bits about us that other people actually can't know. And so I reckon some of you are sitting there and you're like, that's awesome. Like, mind blown, I can't believe that God actually cares enough about me to know everything about me. Like I get, this means I don't have to feel anonymous because even in those moments where I feel like I could disappear and no one would care, God knows me pretty cool. But I reckon some of you are probably sitting there and being like, oh crap, that's really bad. Like God knows me. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows the stuff I do when no one's around. That's scary because it's like, man, I know God doesn't want me to do 
but I am, and I thought he wouldn't know, but he does. It's okay. (laughs) Jesus came for you. He came for me, for people who need forgiveness and come to God asking for it. I said, God knows us. And that's actually got to change the way we use Facebook, doesn't it? That's truth is huge. I reckon, firstly, it means that Facebook doesn't have to be the place you turn when you feel anonymous. Have you ever thought about talking to God instead of talking to someone on chat? We call it prep. Have you ever thought about listening to God instead of scrolling down your newsfeed again? That's reading the Bible. Because we're known by God, we're actually set free from our need to be known through Facebook, so we don't have to waste our lives on it anymore. John Piper says that one of the biggest uses of Facebook was to, be pr- to prove on Judgment Day that you actually did have time to pray. Facebook isn't a bad thing, but do something with your life that matters more than just getting notifications. Um, I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you guys, but we're known. We don't need to spend all of our time on Facebook. It actually goes the other way as well. So you're known, and that means that everything you do on Facebook or YouTube or Snapchat God knows about. I reckon it can feel really anonymous, hey? Like you kind of sit at home behind your computer and you can kind of say things that you wouldn't be able to say to someone face to face. But I reckon it also means that if you sit there and you click through their photos and you Snapchat that photo, you say that thing on chat, it can be really, really easy to lust after people. And God can see that. Um, Because none of us are married. That is actually outside of God's plan for sex. Anything sexual using any of these things is outside God's plan for sex. So God knows me and my sin, and I'm heaps grateful for his forgiveness. But because of that forgiveness, we actually need to stop using the net for stuff that God hates. And that includes sexual stuff. If that's you, maybe you need to delete your Facebook. Will you go home and do that tonight? Maybe you need to stop Snapchatting people of the opposite gender or the same gender, whatever it is. Do that. Maybe you need to only use the internet when there's other people around. Do what you need to do because you're known. Okay, that's the first one. The second one is God accepts you. So some people's profile pictures with a couple photo and then there were the groupies. Here's another one. John Hanlon, also a chronic offender. (laughs) These are the ones where it's like, I think that's John. Maybe I think I can kind of see the top of his head. (laughs) These are the ones that it's like screams like, I've got all these people. They think I'm awesome. This is the place where I'm accepted. Why do you reckon we want to be accepted? I reckon it's because we don't want to be rejected. It's really scary. Like, have you ever been that person who was rejected? Have you ever been that guy who thought she liked you and so you plucked up all your courage and you asked her out and she just looks at you and she's like, nah. (laughs) Or I have never been that guy, but I have been the girl who, when I was in year 12, one of the most popular guys in my year had this huge party for his 18th. And so he literally invited a whole group of my friends and then got to me, didn't invite me. And all I wanted was to be accepted Um, God actually knows that about us. He knows how much rejection sucks and he meets our need. Uh, So check out Romans 15, 7, it'll be on the screens as well. It says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. 
Jesus is actually the one who meets our need to be accepted. He accepts us without us doing anything. He reached out to us. He died for us while we were still sinners. That means, think about this, that if you're a Christian, no matter what type of week you've had, you are no less accepted by God. There's actually nothing you can do to make God love you any less. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you anymore. You are entirely, perfectly accepted. If you're not a Christian, and I know there's a whole bunch of you guys, don't you want someone to accept you like that? Like, will you come to Jesus and take that acceptance? It's so good. It, being accepted actually also means that we're accepted by Jesus into his family. And so, take a minute, look around you. God has saved so many of you guys. He saved her and him and all of you guys. There's so many of you. Because he's accepted us, we accept each other and we become family. So, either youth is your family. You guys have a biological family and they're awesome. But this is actually the family that is going to last forever. And so that means that you guys need to treat each other like family by accepting each other. Accepting people of different social groups and schools and levels of intelligence and attractiveness and sportiness and guys and girls and leaders and youth. Accept one another. You guys are family. And I reckon we do a pretty good job of this on the whole, yeah? I reckon heaps of us rock up here on a Friday night and we're like, this is awesome. This is a place that I love to be with my family. Um, I'm stoked that a bunch of you guys feel that way. And so enjoy it and keep being that person for other people. But you guys need to know that I reckon some of you rock up here on a Friday night and you're like, I wish that was true. I come to youth and sometimes I feel just as out of place here as I do everywhere else. And I'm really sorry that some of you guys feel like that. Um, and I really wish that that wasn't true because that's not who we're supposed to be. Um, I hope that that will be different for you after tonight. We're going to try hard to accept you. But even when humans fail, Jesus meets our need. Jesus has actually accepted you regardless of whether we suck at it. Um, but I reckon this is a huge truth and this needs to change the way that we use Facebook it means a whole bunch of things. It means that we won't lie. Have you ever logged on and written a status that wasn't quite true? I reckon it also means that we won't hide who we are. Does your Facebook actually say you're a Christian? If you're a Christian, be honest. You're accepted by God, the king of the universe, which takes away the sting of other people's rejection. You're accepted, so you don't need to play hard for other people's acceptance. And it goes the other way as well. So you're accepted, and so you need to accept other people. That's what's commanded in this verse. So do you pay out on people on Facebook and Tumblr? Do you ever see someone's photos on Facebook and laugh about them? Do you ever chat about whether that person got drunk at that party that they got tagged at? It doesn't mean that you ignore stuff people put on Facebook. So if you're actually worried that your Christian friend got drunk at that party, you should ask them about it but it means that you ask them in love and you make your motivation helping them to love Jesus more, knowing that they're accepted by him regardless of their sin. Accept people like God has accepted you. And so last one, the last type of profile picture was the shameless selfie. 
I particularly enjoyed that one. <laughs> and these are the ones that are like, yeah, this is me. I look awesome. Um, and I reckon we put up these pictures because deep inside, we kind of feel ugly. Yeah, how great is that photo? It's like <laughs> you Google ugly in Google Images and that's what comes up. <laughs> um, I reckon we do put up selfies because deep inside, we feel ugly. Even if we put on a front and look really confident, I reckon most of us feel like we're not actually that great. We want someone to tell us we're perfect because we wish we were, but we know that we're not. But I reckon that kind of feeling ugly doesn't actually come from nowhere. It's not this weird feeling that comes out of nowhere, you're not really sure why. I think we feel ugly because spiritually, we are ugly. Um, so come with me to 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is the verse that was read out for us at the start. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Spiritually, we're ugly. We're sinners. We've rebelled against God. We've made a gross mess of ourselves. And God actually can't stand to be around us. We're that ugly. But God doesn't let us ugly. He actually has a plan to make us perfect, which is huge because when we feel physically ugly, we come up with really temporary solutions, hey, like we go to the gym or we buy new clothes or we put on makeup, which are all really great ideas. And then it's the end of the day and you step into the shower and it washes away and you're just the same as when you started. And so God's plan to make us perfect actually isn't temporary. It isn't just makeup, it's a total face swap, if you want to think about it like that. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We totally swapped. We were ugly, Jesus was perfect. And so now if you've done that face swap with Jesus, God sees you as spiritually perfect. Like, think about that for one minute. God sees you as perfect. That's enormous. Because remember, he knows you and he knows your sin. But once you accept Jesus' perfection, you've got it forever. No more spiritual ugliness. You get a perfection that's eternal, a perfection that's lasting, and a perfection that isn't just skin deep, but to the depths of who we are. So now that God sees you as perfect, like, don't you want to yell that to everybody you know? It's got to change the way we use Facebook. If you're a Christian, do you have friends who are still struggling under the weight of trying to make everybody else think they're perfect, even though they're desperately ugly to God? You can't keep this news to yourself. Use the EV Youth page to invite your mates to youth. Post up a question about God that you think they might be interested in. Make an event where you all hang out and do something cool, but invite your Christian and your non-Christian friends so they can meet each other. Don't let anyone else stay ugly without knowing that they can have a Facebook. And if you're a Christian, use Facebook for each other as well. You guys have G-teams. Use Facebook to remind your G-team that you're perfect in God's sight. What do you talk about with your G-team on Facebook? You probably comment on their photos. But do you ever remind each other that the way that you look isn't the most important thing? How can you encourage your G-team this week? Do something. That's for the Christians. Um, but some of you guys 
are actually still spiritually ugly. You're people who haven't done that face walk with Jesus. Maybe you're new, but maybe you've been around forever. But be honest with yourself. As you think about this stuff, are you still ugly? Are you still resisting Jesus? Tonight you've heard that Jesus meets all of our needs. Do you want to know him? I look at all this stuff and I'm like, how can you not want to know him? It's so good. Um, I hope that that's for you guys tonight. And if it is, stop trying to make Facebook fill those needs and give your life back to Jesus instead. God knows you. God accepts you. And God sees you as perfect. It's got to change the way you use Facebook. Um, let me pray for you guys and then we'll head off. Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much that you are all of these things. God, thank you that you created us in a particular way um, to want other people. Um, God, thank you that you created us to be relational. But God, that all of those needs actually just point back to the fact that you are the one who fills them. Uh, God, thank you that you are the one that we can trust when everybody else lets us down. God, thank you that you are the one who loves us perfectly. You are the one who saves us, makes us perfect where we weren't. Uh, God, you are really, really good to us. Um, God, please help us to see how much better you are than anything else that we try to stuff into that hole. Uh, God, help us to see how you are the one who fills all of our needs, that we were actually made for you. Uh, God, please be king of all of our ordinary moments, of all of those moments we spend on Facebook. Help us use those for you. Amen.